Hey everyone, it's Tali from the Astro Twins, and I am here with Tony Howard, the founder of Astrology University. How's it going, Tony? It's awesome, and thanks for having me, Tali. Oh my God, it's so great to have you. We are totally starstruck by what you're doing with Astrology University. Um, you oh, have, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you've really done so much to make astrology accessible to people who are interested through the amazing courses you teach. And I know you have a four-year certification program now, right? Yes, that just started up this year. It was uh, something I've been tr uh, trying to get off the ground for a couple of years and finally pulled it together this year. And, and wow, it was a really exciting launch and we have an amazing cohort of students already and it's just been so much fun. Oh my God, you are creating the, uh, you're creating an astrology army out there. It's so <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, isn't it so amazing though, how just even over the last few years, like, you know, I think maybe Uranus and Aries helped with that from 2011 to 2018, 19, but just like, you know, astrology is as much a part of your profile as doing your Myers-Briggs or your, you know, a Gallup Strengths Finder or another... You know, you got to know your whole chart now, and it's um, this is a great time that and to have that information. You know, the way you're sharing it is incredible. So thanks. Thank for you so much. Yeah, it's a great time to be involved because um, of the rise in interest in astrology, and we've definitely noticed that in terms of our student base, and we the the amount of new students coming in now are um, so much more than they were in previous years. Like we tended to have a pretty steady growth. Uh, we launched Astrology University in 2011, and we had pretty steady growth. And then, uh, and then in 2018 and 2019, the growth was just like uh, we just had a lot more um, new students coming in. So, and then the New York Times published that article that I'm sure you know about, where they talked about the uh, amount of internet searches for astrology having doubled in the last couple of years. So it just shows that there's a rise of interest in astrology and it's great to be involved in this and riding that wave. So it's really wonderful. Place. Now what, just out of curiosity, what do you attribute that to? Do you, do you think it's anything in the stars that you can see? I feel like it's a generational signature in part, but I also feel like it's the maturation of all of the astrology information that people like you have been um, creating online and all of us just got more sophisticated with our message. And as the internet kind of grew up, we grew up too. And, and then um, we're able to just reach more people. And I think all of that stuff just kind of reached a tipping point where, um, right about that. Yeah. And then, and of course, you know, uh, younger generations um, really comfortable with the internet and, and, and accessing and looking for information. Um, so uh, learning it faster too. I mean, there's stellium in Aquarius and Capricorn yeah. that the younger ones have, you know, those young kids have. I know. know. I had my first um, Capricorn stellium come to me when she was 23 and she sent me a list of like 12 questions in order and she was all, she knew exactly what she wanted to ask and they were hardcore questions. She was not messing around. Um, and I was like, wow, this generation is going to be something to watch. I am so, yeah, if you were born between 1988 and 1992, and then even 1994, you have a lot of Capricorn and Aquarius in your chart. And I am so impressed by that age groups, like ability to just even not just be like, well, what about me? But like, what does it mean for the planet? And the totally, world? you know, there's some, 
I feel hope for the planet because of them. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. No pressure, guys, but (laughs) we're counting on you. (laughs) I always say when I do, I'm like, um, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to save the freaking world for us. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind. (laughs) You know, you've written extensively for the Mountain Astrologer and in, you know, two flare anthologies, um, Astrology the Next Generation, speaking of which, and then uh, the book of music horoscopes. That's really cool. Um, and then I know you have another book coming out sometime in 2020 about out of bounds planets, which I, I love that you're going to talk about today because that is a new terminal term for many of us out here. Um, you know, and so I'm excited to, you know, tap your wisdom on that. But I want to ask you, what is the book of music horoscopes about? (laughs) Yeah, that's a compilation that Frank Clifford put together. And it's actually, it's it's a great book. Look it up on Amazon because it's also a benefit project and uh, proceeds from the book uh, directly um, go into a scholarship fund to, um, to help astrology, young astrology students. So um, it's a great project, but it's a, it's an anthology of a bunch of different uh, amazing astrologers writing about music from all kinds of different perspectives. Aside from there being a theme about music, um, that's kind of where the the similarities end in terms of the different um, pieces that each people each person contributed. And uh, I actually talked about out of bounds planets in my piece. I looked at uh, women in rock um, and at uh, I did a research project looking at out of bounds planets in female rock musicians. And um and I wrote about I that in the book. Said, oh my god, I can't this is this is we'll have to Scorpio Moon bond about that later on. <laughs> yeah. um, also on that note, what are out of bounds planets for those who don't know? What what's an out of bounds planet? Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned it being relatively new. I mean it's it's a really new concept in terms of the history of astrology in in general. Um, Although we've been working with declination, which out of bounds is based on, and I'll explain what that is in just a minute. um, This term out of bounds was kind of coined in the 80s by a woman named Kate Bear, and her name is KT, and then Bear is like B-O-E-H-R-E-R in case you're trying to Google it later, and um, because it's spelled, it's not (laughs) B-A-R, (laughs) B-E-A-R. It's a complicated spelling. But um, she came up, she uh, coined the term as far as I know, and she wrote a book about a pamphlet about it that was popular in the 80s and 90s, um, but popular in kind of a niche, you know, geeked out astrologer kind of way, right? Uh, wasn't like a mainstream astrology book, but she got the ball rolling and the conversation started about out-of-bounds planets. And then from there, um, several folks have kind of picked up the ball on their own and done some research including myself, I started a research project on Out of Bounds Planets in 2011. And uh, that's what led to- That was to a busy year for work. you. It was a very- Starting research and your own university. I know. Uh, you know, Uranus and Aries, how could you stop yourself? Right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, I tell I tell folks, I'm an implementer. I'm an idea person and an implementer, which is a blessing and a curse. I get right. an idea and then I start it and then I'm like oh wait do I want to do that up oh, too late <laughs> oh god don't I know it there's so many unfinished articles on my computer yes mm-hmm. oh yeah I know that I one always come back around like yeah you're too later so you know <laughs> totally yeah it's great though to be um involved in work that we love so much and that we have so much creativity around so I feel very blessed yeah yeah, so out of bounds planets. What, yes. You know, like what actually does that mean? Yeah. Yes. So um, 
Uh, I mentioned this, this word declination. If you haven't heard that before, um, that's how we find out if the planet is out of bounds or not. We look at uh, the measurement of declination, which is probably something you're not used to doing. Um, it wasn't too long ago that astrologers um, looked at declination as, as a, a, even a beginning level technique. I've got a couple of books from the 50s where on the, in the first chapter of the beginning astrology book, they mentioned declination, and now it's considered wow. this. Um, this more uh, complicated technique, yeah. but it's really just a different measurement. It's measuring uh, latitude instead of longitude. So when you look at the horoscope wheel, what you're seeing is a measurement of longitude relative to the celestial equator and um, uh, declination measures latitude um, relative to the celestial equator. In other words, up and down, <laughs> right? Yeah. Above and below the equator rather than left and right or side to side. We're not just orbiting on a flat plane. We're yep. like tilt-a-whirling too. Exactly. You know? Yes. I love that. Yes. Tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> um, yes. And um, and so declination is is that measurement. And so when you bring in declination in addition to longitude, which you're used to looking at, you're seeing a bit more the chart in 3D. Not totally yet 3D. You have to bring in other stuff too, but you're getting towards seeing the chart in 3D, which is great. And um, what Out of Bounds is, is a particular set of, of uh, measurements within declination, and it's really measuring the peaks. Um, so the sun uh, reaches a peak declination of around 23 degrees, 26 minutes in this uh, hundred year period that we're in over long periods of time that number fluctuates a tiny teeny tiny bit but for all intents and purposes if you're looking at charts in this last hundred years you're using this measurement of 23 degrees 26 minutes by declination and remember we're not looking at the number of the sun in the center of your horoscope wheel it's a totally different number and to get that number you just have to um, open up a declination grid in your astrology program or it, there are certain ephemerises that include a declination measurement. And so then you're looking for that set of numbers, and then the sun can reach that peak of 23 degrees, 26 minutes, north or south. Mm -hmm. The north or south measurement is um, north of the celestial equator or south. Okay. And, um, and it doesn't matter north or south, we're just measuring the two extremes. That's as high as the sun can go, 23 degrees, 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. Some of the other planets can go beyond that, and when they do, that's when we call them out of bounds. Uh -huh. How dare you go higher than the sun? You are out of bounds. Yes. I'm blowing the whistle on you. Huh? <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, <laughs> when planets are out of bounds, they're like, ha ha, good luck on that. <laughs> uh, exactly. I know. <laughs> yeah, they, the planets that are out of bounds have a kind of uh, freedom uh, archetype uh, uh, and that's really probably relative to their position being sort of outside we say outside the jurisdiction of the sun. Um, but another thing I like to point out is that Saturn's peak declination is around 22 degrees and some change. It mm. fluctuates a bit. But when planet is out of bounds, it's not just out of reach of the sun, it's out of reach of Saturn too. And I think that might be almost more important. And it really gives us um, the metaphors that we use for out of bounds planets like uh, outside the bell curve or extreme or um, too much or and there's a whole whole bunch of other Saturn words that is the boundary hound of right? the solar system and it's interesting that the sun so the sun can go higher and lower than Saturn then just a little bit just a little bit yeah Saturn's like and then the sun is like I'll show you but <laughs> 
and so do so i guess saturn doesn't go out of bounds do all of the no. other planets and the moon planet? yeah um so the two planets that don't go out of bounds are saturn and neptune the joke in the declination community and i wish i knew who said this joke first so if somebody knows them, lets me know by email. I'd love to hear. Uh, give them credit for this joke because it's a good one. But the joke is that Saturn doesn't go out of bounds because it doesn't want to, thank you. And Neptune doesn't go out of bounds because none of us could handle it. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. <laughs> so um, there's a declination community too. Yeah, there is. There's a little. There's a little group of declination astro nerds out there. Um, there used to be a special interest group with NCGR on declination. It's it's disbanded, um, but uh, yeah, there was there was uh, some some interest around uh, declination and um, some folks involved in that that are, I'm sure, out there still doing work. And um, yeah, That's we run into each other at conferences, basically. Yeah, I mean the astro geek community has all these subsets, and I'm sure you see it in your classes and you have evolutionary astrology, and you know, which I'm going to be signing up for there. So, you know, it's cool. uh but you have so many different like once you find your thing, you know, like I'm obsessed with the nodes. I love Pluto. You know, it's like you find your thing and you do, you form your your you know, peeps. We were talking to uh, Yulia Simis of the uh, Cosmic Intelligence Agency, and she has her agents, and they all have their own, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it is like that. So. Nice. Yeah, 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 it is. Agents. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, one of the things we're trying to do with our school is to introduce students to, in the four-year program, is to introduce students to a variety of techniques and styles and astrologers so they can find out where they fit in the community. Because a lot of times we'll just get um, into astrology through one book or one teacher or one charismatic teacher and then we don't realize that there's this whole other um, there's a whole menu of different styles and techniques yeah, yeah. A school of thought I know mm -hmm. it's amazing so so when planets do go out of bounds like what happens since I've got a little bit of a cough today um, oh no worries yeah what what does that correlate with for each of them yeah you know it's it's um <clears throat> it's different uh for each planet and it really is uh relative to um, what we already know about the planet so when i'm teaching this topic what i tell students is um out of bounds is really like a modifier technique so it's kind of like a style um you can think of it as a style that the, the planet has in addition to what you already know about the planet. So you're still going to start out with all of your main um, techniques and ways of understanding a planet like Mercury, Mars, or Venus. And those are the three I really focus on, <clears throat> those three inner planets out of bounds. Um, the moon goes out of bounds as well. I think you asked uh, uh, which, well, let me just, let, yeah, let me just explain that really quick. So all of the planets go out of bounds, but uh, Uranus and Pluto very rarely go out of bounds, so they might not be out of bounds for years. Mercury, Venus, and Mars go out of bounds every year for a little bit, and the uh, amount of time differs from year to year. Um, sometimes Mars is out of bounds for six weeks, and sometimes, you know, less than that. Mercury's always, uh, it's out of bound, bounds periods are pretty short in the, in the realm of a couple of days sometimes to maybe a week. Um, and then Venus always goes out of bounds uh, once a year as well um, for a couple weeks or so. And again, it's the periods are a bit random. But the moon is really interesting because the moon will go out of bounds during a nine-year period pretty often. 
And then during the next nine year period, it will never go out of bounds. So we actually can use the moon out of bounds as a generational signature too, where we'll have a whole generation of folks where none of them have the moon out of bounds. So that's a really interesting thing too. Oh, yeah. And so do the ones that's, and it is kind of, I wonder how that, I mean, you've probably obsessed over this, but do you find that that correlates? Just a little. <laughs> yeah. Just guessing, you know, <laughs> Scorpio moon and I have a Scorpio moon. I may be able to say, um, you're interested in something you're interested, right? <laughs> so, yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, have you noticed that generationally the, ones with like does an out of bounds moon make you a little bit more wild and free emotionally or does it like how does that show up with i'd love to go through each of the planets and kind of what do you find are some of the the signatures or traits of, of having yeah. bounds moon or you know all of them mm -hmm. yeah you'll find <clears throat> you'll find some folks who equate out of bounds with weird and that does work sometimes, but I find what works more often is extreme. If you think of what Out of Bounds actually is, where we're looking at planets at the peak of their declination cycle, they're really at the extreme of the cycle, right? They're at the, at the far top or far bottom of, of that curve that they can be on or, or that they are on. And so um, that works a lot. Um, you'll find with Mars Out of Bounds, you get people who are... Um, first at something like uh like tiger woods who is not just first at one thing but he's first at like he was the you know there's this whole um he has a whole list of firsts yeah <laughs> he was the first um uh black um golf player to do uh, gosh i don't know pg yeah i mean i'm not a so many things he's 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 had so many firsts but he's also <laughs> the first um um athlete to make as much money as he's made. Uh, and he was also um, the youngest um, uh, golf player to do what he did when he first started winning tournaments. I apologize, I'm not a golf person. So when I usually teach on him, I have a slide with a list of all his accomplishments that I read out. I don't actually know them by heart. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. Yeah, but he's golf, a great, he's golf. a great example. Without a bounds Mars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, but uh, Bjork is also somebody who has out of bounds Mars, um, huh? but she she's somebody, she's a musician who has three out of bounds planets, so she has um, Venus, Mercury, and Mars out of bounds. Um, she's wildly creative, right? Um, and she's definitely somebody we would describe as above the bell curve or an outlier or um, extreme, you know, and and um, we can we can use these out of bounds keywords like too much or over the top or unbounded, um, and you'll see them. You'll see those once you learn what those keywords are. You'll see them associated with out of bounds people as they're being described. Like if you remember, Bjork wore a swan dress to the Academy Awards, right. and what did people say? They said that dress is too much, right? It's over the top. Um, Cher is somebody who has. Um, and out of bounds uh, Venus as well, and um, she get her fashion choices get described like that Lady as well. Lady Gaga have a lot of out of bounds. I wonder. Uh, Lady Gaga has uh, Mars out of bounds, mm -hmm. um, and Lady Gaga, um, you know, she's famous for many many things, and she's had so many accomplishments since what the the moment I'm about to describe that we we don't <laughs> talk about it much anymore. But she did wear a meat dress yeah. <laughs> on, onto, onto a stage once as to, to make a statement. Um, Lady Gaga with Mars Out of Bounds is part of a group of women who have Mars Out of Bounds that are um, uh, 
uh, in a category I call sex forward, like uh, with Mae West. And they're, they're women who are kind of um, unashamedly forward in a no-nonsense way about their sexuality um, and, and uh, kind of pushing the envelope there. So people without a bounds <clears throat> planets are really kind of challenging the rest of us to um, come into a greater level acceptance for each other's um, unique expressions and individuality and, um, uh, and I think to relax our, our judgment on, um, on each other, really. Yeah. It sounds like some, like a disruptor sort of, you know, and it can be, <clears throat> it can yeah. be, you know, what's interesting is uh, speaking of Bjork, um, Brene Brown, um, are you familiar with her work? Mm-hmm. So Brene Brown was born really close to Bjork. So she also has Venus, Mercury, and Mars out of bounds. And she doesn't look anything like Bjork. She's not, you know, an innovative musician or artist. But if you really get into her work, she is an outlier in her own field. And she she did, uh, um, she she is somebody who kind of upsets the apple cart in, in her own field and in her own way. And she, disrupt, she interrupted mm -hmm. kind of scientific research and brought it to our emotions. Totally, and, yes. You know, vulnerability and shame researcher probably wasn't like the hot topic around <laughs> right. the lab until she <laughs> right. came along. But, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's just it. Yeah. And so these, these people sometimes make us uncomfortable, especially if we're one of the ones holding down the status quo. But they're here to help... Um, push boundary and uh and help us help the rest of us grow like often in very creative already. creative ways come again i said i'm i'm liking these out of bounders and i'm you know i yeah. run this on my i gotta do my own declinations i'm right I'm, are you um is when mercury venus and mars go out of bounds every year do does it tend to stir up are those moments like what are there sort of things that happen in those moments, uh, you know, that you can see as a repeating cycle during those times? Yeah, what's, <clears throat> what's interesting is when people have out-of-bounds planets, it's, and, and uh, I've done some research of people and artists, especially um, writers, musicians, um, actors, and film directors are the, the ones I mainly focus on. And when you look at somebody who has a natal out-of-bounds planet in their chart, and then they've contributed some great body of work, like let's say a series of books, it's not unusual to see their first book or their first <clears throat> um, entry into their whatever their field is correlating with a time when uh, one of these planets is out-of-bounds, and especially the one that is most important to them. Um, for instance, um, thinking about Oh, that is interesting. One of the existentialist writers. So the three um, main existentialist writers that we think about, um, Albert Camus, yeah. Jean-Paul Sartre, and uh, Simone de Beauvoir, all three have Mercury out of bounds, which is really fascinating. And I think it's um, yeah, Camus. The planet, for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah Mercury, the, the, the writer planet. And I think, I'm um, pretty sure it's Camus who his first book was released while Mercury was out of bounds. But... For the rest of us, I think these periods correlate with times where we can access more creativity ourselves, especially with, um, well, I was about to say, especially with, uh, with Venus, but really it's with Mercury, Mars, and Venus all in different ways. So Mercury can help us think outside the box, for instance, right? Um, Mars can help us take action um, outside the box, I guess. And, um, and Venus definitely has a correlation. Venus out of bounds has a strong 
relationship correlation, but it also correlates with creativity when it comes to if you are somebody who's an artist and um, I'm somebody who believes that we're, we're all creative. And uh, although, you know, we're all creative, but not all of us are Bjork. <laughs> but, but it is, I, I think these are uh, Venus out of bounds times or times when we can access that creativity. There are definitely some caveats that I could issue for all three as well. And um, yeah, for Mercury out of bounds, I would say, um, uh, sometimes when you get a wacky idea, it really is just a wacky idea. But during an out-of-bounds time, I think we're meant to pursue those kind of avenues because if we open ourselves up a bit um, creatively, we, we can go into a, a direction that we didn't know was there. But Mercury out-of-bounds can sometimes get us disconnected from our heart and too much in our head. Mm -hmm. So it can be useful to to know that um, these Mercury out of bounds periods are very short. I mean, you know, you're looking at a couple of days or a couple of weeks, really? um, wow. but it is a time where you can have a, a head heart split and people with Mercury out of bounds can um, have that more um, frequently as well. Although or intellectualizing is yep. losing touch with the compassion that yep. be there perhaps too. Huh? Yes, definitely. And, um, but I also want to say that, that's not always a bad thing. Um, some folks like the, the, the existentialist writers that we so revere, uh, I feel like sometimes we need to have that kind of imbalance to give the special gift that we have to give. Uh, so sometimes we need to get disconnected from our emotions in order to follow that train of thought all the way through without Figure getting distracted. Why do I even exist and get <laughs> to that? Like, you know, either that or a good, strong psychedelic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, yes, definitely. We have an out of bounds planet, right? That's right. Well, that, that's why we have Neptune, I guess. Um, yes. Stay down. Neptune. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially in Pisces. Yeah. I mean, Oh my goodness. We have Neptune and Pisces, and we have this opioid epidemic, which is um, true. yeah, definitely a strong correlation there. But uh, okay, Mer Venus, uh, Venus out of bounds. When Venus goes out of bounds uh, by transit, um, which will happen in 2020 in April and May. Um, you're saying that Mercury, Venus, and Mars will all go out of, they're the three that are going out of bounds in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, uh, well, for sure, because they go out of bounds every year. Every right? year, yeah. And sometimes they go out of bounds all at once. That's why. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's why Bjork has Venus, Mercury, and Mars out of right, bounds. Okay. But is yep. that kind of, is that pretty rare or not? Yeah. Okay. It is very rare. And it's, oh, you know. Bjork. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there will ever, there's never been someone like Bjork and there probably won't be again. <laughs> She's. Like, they broke the mold when you yes. came out with those three out of bounds planets. Yeah. Yeah. She's an original. Um, in such a great example in so many ways of, of out of bounds. So I, te I teach a lot on her chart and some of her accomplishments. And why? Yeah. But when Venus goes out of bounds, it's a good time to uh, be a bit more careful in your, in your, if you're someone who's dating um, and your dating choices. Uh, and what I encourage people to do with Venus out of bounds is there have a lot of stories that I share when I'm teaching Venus out of bounds of folks who have really dramatic relationship stories and they, they, they get really complicated. And, um, <clears throat> uh, one of the, one of the, one of the 
things that Venus out of bounds can correlate with are May-December relationships, so big age differences in relationships. And not everybody who has Venus out of bounds is, have, has those kind of attractions. Hefner have it, I wonder. Uh, Who's that? Hugh Hefner, the play, playboy. Oh, you know what? I don't, I think I've looked at his chart. I think he has something else going on. Um, uh, the two people that I talk about when I'm teaching, you, you, you may not know, one is a film actress named Gloria Graham. And uh, um, I don't want to tell her story because I love sharing the punchline at the end when I'm teaching it. But she, okay. there's, there's a very dramatic May-December story in her um, bio. And then another one is um, an author named Andre Guide. And he was uh, involved with a younger fellow who was um, uh, 15 years old when they got together. Um, and so not only was there, there was a big age difference. He was 47. Um, not only was there a big age difference, but there was one that would make a lot of us uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, <it's>, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and that out of bounds people kind of uh, a lot of out of bounds people have that quality of making us uncomfortable a little bit. What I always say is that as long as you're causing no harm, uh, I I think it's okay, and it's okay to make us uncomfortable as long as you're causing no harm to yourself or to others. When we're in this situation, um, I mean, this was in 1916 totally different time in a different different world. But today, most of us would feel uncomfortable with a 47-year-old man being involved with a 15-year-old um, uh, young man or adolescent. Um, speculatively, Michael Jackson, I wonder, you know. You know, he doesn't have out-of-bounds planets. Yeah, something else going on with him too. Right. Um, but do you people can't... tend to feel like the rules don't apply to them when they have an out-of-bounds? <laughs> yes. In love or, or any of them, yeah. Yeah, and it's different uh, than Uranus. So with Uranus, when we look at somebody who's Uranian, like maybe they have Uranus conjunct the sun or Uranus square the moon or Uranus on the angles, they tend to be reactive against um, limitations or reactive against the status quo or the social order. They're, they're, they're shaking things up and breaking things down and blowing things up. And um, uh, out-of-bounds people just feel free to do whatever they want. Um, I'll share this uh, quote with, um, from, from Bjork, where she said, um, I got called weird since the age of four. I got used to it by five. I made a decision then. I'd either live my life by what people thought of me and to a set of rules I didn't really know or understand, which would make me incredibly unhappy, or I could just do what I wanted. And that's a lot more fun, isn't it? <laughs> wow. And, and she made that decision when she was five years old, you know. For a lot of us, that's something we finally get to at our Uranus opposition, but, but she was just born with that awareness. And wow. out-of-bounds people tend to feel, they don't quite always question their choices, which is what I was getting at with, with earlier where I, or where I was, the point I haven't quite made yet, which is that out-of-bounds people sometimes, especially with Venus and Mars out-of-bounds, need to be careful about choices and I always encourage people to have people with these out of bounds planets, especially to have a friend who doesn't have out of bounds planets that they can kind of run their crazy ideas by. Your wing wing man or wing woman of the you know to like hold it down for you, right? <laughs> Just a little bit of a check and balance because, um, you know, you know, let's say uh, that this Andre Guide 
fellow, you know, was around today, right? And he lived in the United States where it's not only makes us uncomfortable that he might um, become lovers of the 15-year-old adolescent, but it's also against the law. Right. <laughs> and, and if he were to say to his, you know, his um, check and balance person, you know, do, do you think it's a good idea that I get involved with this 15-year-old that I'm really attracted to? And his friend would say, well, not only is it not a great idea for the, you know, for so many reasons, but it's also against the law, Andre. So why don't you wait at least until he's 18? That's only three years away. And um, you guys can check in with each other then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so having some kind of person who can give you a little bit of, of check and balance that said, like, oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. uh. <laughs> and I don't know that um, I don't. This is just my idea for helping out folks with out of bounds plans to avoid some of the conundrums that they can get into. But um, I don't know if you have an out of bounds Mars. If you're going to listen, if somebody tells you that. Um, that said, you know Tiger Woods did seem to get the message when he made some. Uh, out of bounds blunders with his Mars and his um, his his choices. Um, that when it all the kind of the scandals came out, he had his father as that uh, cosmic wingman for many years, like strict right. dad managing him. I wonder what would have happened if um, maybe his dad Earl, I think Woods wasn't around, hovering around. You know. Hey, that's a really interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a really interesting point because I wonder if that um, impacted his choices to act out behind the scenes where he felt like he really needed that place to oh, true. Maybe it express was like, himself. Oh, and he's a Capricorn son too. So he was yeah. be daddy's good boy, perhaps, or yep. had intensity towards that. So I don't know if his father passed away or not when he acted. I, right. I don't know. I'm not going to make up a tabloid <laughs> there, but I think there may have been something around that, you know, or who knows, maybe he just couldn't, his out-of-bounds Mars just couldn't freaking take it anymore. Right. Well, he did. I mean, he did um, express, uh, he did apologize and he did express, you know, regret for his choices. <clears throat> so there's the, the Capricorn piece too. Right. Um, yeah. And just, but, just to reiterate for people who kind of, you know, may have not been tracking this, let's just, um, so when a planet is out of bounds, mm -hmm. it means it has its declination, which is its north and south, has gone higher than the peak of the sun goes, what's the degree that the sun's declination, maximum declination is again? Yeah, it's 23 degrees, 26 minutes. So um, I can show you this on a declination grid. That might be, yeah, that'd be great. easy. So I can, I've got Bjork's chart right here. So right over here on the right. New York. This is her chart. Huh. Yeah. So if we look to the right of the wheel, there's a little box here, and the box has DECL at the top. Huh. And that is your declination grid. This is uh, run in the Sirius Astrology program. You can find this in Solar Fire. Solar you can Fire. even find it online on astro.com. Oh, cool. Right. It's in the extended chart selection on astro.com if that's what you're using. And, uh, but again, you don't, you're not looking at any of the numbers inside the wheel. So with Bjork's chart, for instance, we're not looking at her Mercury being at 18 Sag or her Mars at five Capricorn or 15 Capricorn. We're looking at these numbers over here where we see Mercury has a declination of 25 South 01. Her Venus has a declination of 25 South 46 and her Mars has a declination of 24 South 31. Uh, it doesn't matter north or south. You're just looking at a number that's higher 
than 23 degrees, 26 minutes. So all three of those are uh, much higher. Okay. So there we go. And how about, um, what happens if someone has, has Jupiter out of bounds? Does that, uh, are they like super world, never in the same, on the same continent for longer than a week kind of person? You know? That's <laughs> it. That's it. Star? Definitely. That's a great question. I haven't explored Jupiter out of bounds in birth charts um, at length yet. It's on my list to do before I finish my book. And uh, Jupiter doesn't go out of bounds very often, and it doesn't go very far out of bounds. So it only barely goes out of bounds. The first thing I noticed uh, correlating with was actually a mundane correlation where um, I've seen Jupiter out of bounds in the charts for some court cases where we're really um, dumbfounded by the judge's uh, uh, determination. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, so controversial court cases definitely um, like correlate. Is no longer relevant here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Jupiter is the lawmaker too, so that would make a lot of sense. And um, and somebody well, believing, you know, that their their version of justice is right, contrary to what the majority is telling them. I see. Okay, that would make. And and Uranus and Pluto out of bounds. What is that also kind of rare then? Or? It's very rare. Uh, there's a whole generation of folks that have it. Um, the chart I'm most familiar with uh, that I use to talk about that a little bit is David Lynch. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know him as a director. Um, Twin Peaks he, and yep, Twin Peaks uh, exactly. Oh, yep, yep. Blue Velvet. Yeah, he's he's uh, definitely an odd bird. Um, <laughs> Another Capricorn too, I believe. Son. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, his, you know, his films get very. Um, there's a, you know, a violence and a darkness to them that's pretty, pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, th- although um, it doesn't always correlate with this, but um, you know, if you think, if you just think about extremes in terms of whatever that planet represents. Pushes it past it a little bit more. <laughs> pushes it past it a little bit more. So during World War II, Pluto was out of bounds for most of that time when the um, Nazi persecutions took a very dark turn. They had already been pretty dark, like they had work camps, but at some point the work camps started doing even you know worse things that we all know right. about at this point. And that was when uh, Pluto was out of bounds that whole period. These historical periods, let's see, yeah, those moments in time. um, Is there anything out of bounds? Let's talk about, let's talk about those periods of time in 2020, unless there's anything else on Bjork you wanted to show us. Oh gosh, I could talk about Bjork forever, but yeah, (laughs) I just wanted to show you uh, um, how the declination grid worked and um, that you have to look outside the birth wheel to find the numbers. Because the the rookie mistake that people make is after they hear me talk about out-of-bounds planets is they'll look in their chart and they'll they'll say, oh, my Jupiter's at 29 Gemini, so my Jupiter's out of bounds. And that's not the number that you're looking for. You're looking for, like in the declination grid, Bjork's Jupiter is 23 degrees north, zero, zero. So it's a totally different number. And, um, and her Jupiter is, of course, not not out of bounds. 29 degrees is 29 degrees around the Gemini uh, part of the sky. For those who haven't looked at charts too much, you can see that little peach wheel segment there is the Gemini. Mm -hmm. And so it'll go from zero to 29, which is the 30 degrees that represent Gemini. So that's, you know, but this is the up and down, the tilt wheel, the, you know, 
basketball, dribbling, bouncing. Kinda. <laughs> I don't know. How many more metaphors can we make? <laughs> I love, I love that. I love the tilt world because, um, yeah, we're, we're on a globe that's tilted and wobbling in space, you know? So here we are. <laughs> it, it, I'm really like, wanting to go back to Michigan where I grew up and go to the state fair right now and experience the out of bounds. But right. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm from uh, central Illinois. So Midwest oh, people. Yeah. Cool. Hey, we're, we love, we love to start schools, don't we? You know, yeah. what else? What else? That's why we're such implementers, you know, it's like, well, what else were we going to do? There was, at least for me, I know there was no internet until I got to college. So we just right. had to, make stuff up as we went you know <laughs> yep 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 me too me too we yep. we had we had uh, we had the internet in college yeah yep. i know it's so it's uh it was actually i'm, I'm kind of grateful for that because i think that definitely made me a lot more productive even though here we are using the internet as a tool for all of that but you know having to just like make your own fun because you can walk out i don't know no yeah, I mean, we West, we but, we would know. be out at night, like, I don't know about you, but in, in the Midwest, we would play hide and seek until like 9pm outside and oh, yeah. <laughs> made up all kinds of games. And we were always outside just playing. Oh, with totally. You know? Softball in the middle of the street, like Frisbee. Yeah. Tag. Too bad we weren't neighbors. We would have had fun. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. Hey, come over. <laughs> I can stay out till nine, you know? <laughs> Definitely. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. So is there, so tell us about 2020, yeah. like, um, actually was, let's talk about 2019 for a minute. Was there anything particularly out of bounds besides the usual suspects of Mercury, Venus, and Mars this year, this past year? Well, I'll tell you one thing that I was paying attention to because I've, I've kind of tracked Mars out of bounds in the last hundred years or so. And it does correlate with some moments in politics where, um, you know, things happen like Mars was out of bounds when 9-11 happened, Mars was out of bounds when JFK was assassinated, and some of these key moments in, in U.S. history, um, a lot of them, like more than you would think, correlate with Mars out of bounds. So I was curious what, I was curious because uh, Donald Trump has Mercury out of bounds in his chart, and his Mercury is in Cancer, and it's also square Neptune. So um, he believes his own lies, which is something that we already know, but that really correlates with that signature. Um, he has a very subjective view of reality, and he believes what what he thinks. Um, and it, he really is out, you know, outside the box in that way. <laughs> and everyone like, how can he say that? Is like one probably how could he say and tweet and how you know like, okay, everybody now <laughs> Donald Trump solved. Mercury right? out of bounds. Mercury out of bounds. That really does explain a hell of a lot. I got uh, yeah. Yeah, that when I saw that, I was like, well, I, astrology works and it keeps working. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if there's anyone I would have thought, hmm, Mercury, right? that sounds like a Mercury out of bounds. Care, you know, like he really is, hello, yeah. my picture here or there for that. Yeah. Huh. Well, before we, before we uh, bash people with Mercury out of bounds, the, I have a whole slew of really amazing Mercury out of bounds people. So you don't have to make Donald Trump's choices if you have Mercury Right, out of right. There's always, you, you know, yeah. the, the ones to admire and the ones yep. with the cautionary tale. Or yeah. some, some people actually do admire him and think that sure. he's 
tells it like it is and oh i'm so glad so you know right. it's all subjective there <laughs> yeah and my opinion he tells it like it isn't but that, that's <laughs> yeah that's the mercury out of bounds so i was watching him during uh mars out of bounds this year because when mars was out of bounds it was directly impacting his his natal chart and um you know what's interesting watching him is that every week he says something that can correlate with with something he's he's up to new antics every week so there's always something going on i don't know that more went on with mars out of bounds but he did kind of take a turn with the um excuse me with the uh immigration um with his immigration policies and the things he was saying uh were definitely um out there in a way that most of us would feel uncomfortable. You know, most of us are uncomfortable keeping children separated from their parents in cages. And, you know, Republicans and Democrats are, we're all uncomfortable with that if we have a heart. (laughs) So, so, um, or if we know anything about parenting where uh, the separation from those children and uh, it it causes great trauma. And, um, and those kids are, are, a lot of those kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of their life. So, um, you know, him, when Mars is out of bounds and you're making those kinds of choices, sometimes you you get an out there idea or an extreme idea and it really is too much. Uh, I had a friend, here's a little cautionary tale for Mars out of bounds. And this is for somebody who did not have natal Mars out of bounds. But uh, she got an idea to um, uh, uh, s- sell the family's house and sell other stuff and move into an RV and do some traveling around the United States, which sounds fun um, to, to some people. <laughs> and it sounded like a cool idea, but she's an implementer too. So she got the idea and she started doing it. And this was all while Mars was out of bounds. She actually sold a bunch of their stuff. And then she took a test trip with her, um, with her family, loaded everybody up and uh, did a road trip and um, stayed in a really small space for about a week in another city. And during that time, she was like, um, that was enough of that um, to be in that <laughs> confined space with my family for six days. So I definitely know I don't want to just always be living uh, in an RV. And, and um, that realization came after Mars came back inbounds. And she was, and she um, basically literally said to me, what was I thinking? <laughs> what did, had she sold her house or just? Marooned? No, she didn't get that far, luckily. Okay. But, <laughs> but she had sold a lot of their stuff. Um, and so they had to start, you know, getting stuff again. But um, she didn't sell so much that they, like, they still had beds to sleep on. Um, but their house was pretty, pretty stark. And she's like, I'm kind of liking the Zen vibe. And I like being able Marie to. Marie Kondo would be proud. I mean, <laughs> yes, Marie Kondo would have been. Bound to push for that Con Marie mission sometimes, you know. Yeah. So, so what I say is, is if you get a crazy idea, what seems like a crazy idea during Mars Out of Bounds, Hang out. Mars out of bounds isn't that long. Wait until it goes back in bounds and see if you still like that idea. <laughs> how, lo- how long is it usually? A couple of weeks or? Sometimes it's a couple of weeks. Sometimes it's six weeks. So it's okay. it can be um, longer. You can actually check uh, uh, for for those of you who know what an ephemeris is. There's a Swiss ephemeris online. If you oh, just yeah. type in Swiss ephemeris, uh, you can. Um, view pages of the Swiss ephemeris for hundreds of years. Um, I love it. Yep. And there's a, um, you look for the one that includes declination oh, and you cool. can see on there the exact dates of, of when 
Um, Mercury, Venus, and Mars are out of balance. What I'm going to be doing after this call. <laughs> yeah. Astro.com, they are the best. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Good, mm -hmm. good, amazing tools. Such a resource. Like, thank you so much to those folks for putting that together. They for give us. it all away for free. I'm like, I don't know what your revenue model is, but Don oh, they make they make a, a very healthy income from the reports that they sell. So well, well deserved. They give a lot totally. away for free. And yeah, okay. So well good. Yeah, I was like, how do they how do they do this? I've got a right. people yeah. Loaded up in here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they they definitely, um, uh, you know, they sell the reports through the website, and they're classic reports with like Liz Green and Rob Hand. Oh, so amazing. like, yeah, totally. Two two of my hero astrologers for sure. Um, yeah. So so we got you said February, right? Mars. Uh, yeah. So Mars is going to be out of bounds around February thirteenth to twenty eighth. Valentine's Day should be quite <laughs> spice. Get the swan dress, honey. You know. Yes, yes, definitely. Get it's it's also uh, you know remember Mars is sex forward, so that's right. Could be a saucy saucy Valentine's Day. Totally, but who needs Bay West? The best way to get over one man is under another. She said. Yes. <laughs> sex yes. forward Valentine's Day. Exactly. Conversation hearts printed now. Right. Yeah. So this one's short, two weeks. Um, you know, it's really close to the Saturn-Pluto business in January. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some political shenanigans during that time as well. Be an assassination attempt. I don't know. Things like that. Anything. Could, you said JFK had a... There, yeah, it did. It Yeah, it definitely correlated with JFK's assassination. Um, but uh, it, it can be... I mean, not that I'm trying to... No, 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 no. Universe, I wasn't putting that, you know, I don't wish that upon anyone, you know. <laughs> but another correlation with Mars out of bounds is going rogue. And we think about what that means. That's basically like uh, the example that I usually use is this, this fellow from the Civil War who uh, um, um, basically he, he, um, he asked permission to go rogue, actually, but where, where he would be um, as um, Sherman, uh, General Sherman. Uh, it, he's a controversial figure and you know the controversy is definitely the out-of-bounds piece he had Mars out-of-bounds but he um, led a mission where he was kind of out of touch and out of contact with his superiors so that he could do whatever he wanted that has that out-of-bounds quality where we're we're kind of um, going rogue we're going out on our own we're kind of like saying you know uh, F the authorities I'm gonna do whatever I want. And, um, and so it can be a time period where you, you kind of bust out in some way. And there are so many Mars out of bounds people who have done really amazing work because of that, that I don't want to even say that's a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Breaking free, but you know, for the, the whole going rogue, I mean, with the impeachment in the house and the Senate trial coming up here, potentially, you know, like, I so wonder if that'll wind up timed with that. And you could see a whole going rogue to, uh, you know, as if it hasn't already happened, but yet yeah. another round of going rogue yep. in the White House or yep. even on the other, you know. Yeah, because one of the things they're talking about with the Senate is not even taking up the, uh, not even uh, not even taking up the um, impeachment and doing, um, 
doing a trial. So well, its own version of going, right. Mitch McConnell could be going rogue <laughs> yeah. at that time. Being a Pisces, I think is you know birthday is right around there too at the end of yeah. February. So or I don't know if it's tomorrow. Oh my, we could. Yeah, that is okay. We will be wa- you know we'll be watching to see. And then Venus. When is Venus's twenty twenty out of bounds? Phase? Venus is out of bounds right before endearing when it goes retrograde. So it's out of bounds in April and May. And Venus goes retrograde May 13th, mm-hmm. uh, comes, comes back in bounds at the end of May, but stays retrograde until June 24th. So that first two weeks of May, I think, is going to be pretty wonky with Venus. Uh, where right. Out of bounds and retrograde for the first two mm-hmm. weeks of May, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... that's Gemini. <laughs> the first thing I thought of is... You, you're remembering that ex that you broke up with and you're like, why did we break up? He's so cute. And then you, you rekindle things and then you're like, you remember, oh, this is why we broke up. Right. <laughs> but not before there's a trail of regret thrown right. across your autobiography, right? Right. Yes, definitely. Okay. But sometimes we rekindle things with um, people from our past because we have unfinished business with them. So I don't even discourage people from, you know, taking those kind of um, actions because you never know if you're drawn to do something and it's in your heart, then there's probably a reason for it. So just be- and maybe there could be some cool, creative, you know, collaboration, some reunion tours yeah. uh, with Venus, you know, yeah. Destiny Ch- Destiny's Child get back together again. I don't know. I love it. I love it. That would be really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something or some, you know, dynamic duo, you know, going down in flames, but giving it one last go, you yeah, know? Yeah. 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 It could happen. It could happen. And that's a long period. Venus is going to be out of bounds longer than Mars this year. Uh, last year, it was the opposite, I think. And um, yeah. And then uh, Mercury's out of bounds for short periods at the beginning of the year. So during New Year's, Mercury's going to be out of bounds and through around January 9th. And uh, I don't have the exact dates. Also, again, in um, at the end of May, beginning of June, and, and then at the end of, of uh, December. So we're going to have a Mercury out of bounds Christmas again next year, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> have yourself a Mercury out of bounds Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're having one now. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like it's gonna go. I have to actually get my. Um, we're we're I know recording pre twenty twenty everyone, so you know. I mean, and I know that Mercury's out of bounds on Christmas. I just don't know if it goes out of bounds before Christmas. But we can... trine Uranus that day and Mercury out of bounds. The conversations around the tree are gonna get really, really interesting. Maybe don't talk about politics this year, or you know. I just always recommend that with families, right? As a rule, right? (laughs) I was just talking with a group of people last night about, um, you know, those family situations where people have different views on things and things get um, uh, heated really quickly. And it's just often better to just agree not to talk about those certain subjects so that you can enjoy your enjoy your time together. Totally. Yeah. And even more so when an out of bounds Mercury is happening. So we've got some, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, again, people are probably like, oh my God, should I be worried if there's an out of bounds planet? It doesn't sound like, you know, of course you should maybe be alert, but it could, it sounds like it could be a really amazing thing, especially for those who are boxed in to like, 
break out and have like, you know, maybe speak up for yourself. One of our, you know, or I love it. Yeah. Just kind of maybe, maybe that's the time where you say enough or you set a boundary or you, yeah. So I could see that being very beneficial too, especially sometimes in families over the holidays, we think we have to just like, please everyone or, you know, and it's like, try saying no for a chance. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And out of bounds times uh, with, with all, all of the planets can be times where you, um, you know, you come up with solutions to problems that you didn't have access before, to before. Um, so just new ways of thinking of things, new ways of seeing things, um, new ways of experiencing things that uh, open things up for you in a way that you didn't anticipate. And that can be a very good thing. It's a lot like a retrograde. People tend to fear a retrograde planet, but that just gives us a chance to review. Sometimes, okay, it's not fun to have to go back and, you know, re-re-read things that you wish were done, but like, in it, you know... You go, you get a chance, sounds like you get a chance to go deeper. Do you find if the, if, I don't even know if this is too much geeking out, but here, see, now I'm joining the declination community. <laughs> if, it's, um, <laughs> if it's a south declination, do people tend to go deep into the shadows and north? Do they go like, oh, like ascended kind of thinking? Do you find that to happen? So there are people who, um, uh, there's a, one of the only books on declination is a book by Paul Newman called Declination in Astrology. Um, just have it handy right here um, on my desk. But um, he teaches, like uh, some of the other declination people, that there is a difference between South and North. I haven't been able to um, corroborate that in my research. Uh, what they say is that South is a bit more internal, um, North is a bit more external. Um, I think Bjork's chart is a great example where. Um, her three uh, out-of-bounds planets are all south. Mm. And although she might go inside to create her artwork, she's not, um, she's, she lives her life very much uh, externally and in the public and with her creativity. Um, and even when she's sharing the creativity in, in one of her albums, she uh, did a tour where she wasn't only sharing the music, but she was teaching musicology concepts by using the album in classes yeah. with kids. So, um, Definitely putting herself out there and not just um, working on on her own and her music as a hermit, you know. So yeah, I don't know that the South and North thing um, fits, um, or maybe it maybe it it correlates oh, with something we haven't noticed yet. Yeah. Well, the research will go on, right? Yeah. So, this is so cool, Tony. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any kind of little final words of sort or big final words for, <laughs> for people about 2020? Anything that you've got your eye on in particular in the year ahead? Or Oh, wow. Um, yeah, only, I mean, I'm sure you've got, you've had a bunch of other astrologers talking about some of the main configurations. Yeah. I'll just say that I, for one, am very excited about the Jupiter-Saturn Grand Conjunction in Aquarius, because this is the start of a new 200-year cycle. It's going to usher in a whole new energetic dynamic that um, uh, uh, that we haven't been experiencing. So it's really going to uh, uh, be a change in the energetic. And I think we could all agree that we're, we're ready for that, no matter what side of politics we're on or anything. I think we could all, we're all ready for something to shift. And yeah. Um, because it's the start of a 200-year cycle, I don't think that things are just going to magically be better right then. Um, it's the beginning, but I'm excited for the beginning to come. I'm excited for that, too. That's going to be on the winter solstice, everybody, of 2020. Um, 
Jupiter and Saturn are meeting up at zero degrees, 29 minutes, Aquarius. And this is the, they had one, they meet up every 20 years and they met up in an air sign once in 19, I think it was 1980. That was our preview, yeah. Yeah, but they've been in earth signs for 200. I talked about this a bit with Patrick Watson and Stephanie Galing, and I know my sister may have talked about it, touched on it a little bit, but the grand conjunction. So, so yeah, that's the next 200 years of grand conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn will all be in air signs, right? And so new schools of thought coming in and yeah. Yeah. Bringing in more of that air energy where it's been a real earth energy focus. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, the, the one thing that weirds me out a little bit is to think about it as a new information age because I'm like thinking, how could it get more than it is now? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm going to have to come back for another lifetime to understand that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nothing like air to push us further out of bounds, just metaphorically speaking. Yep. Yeah. Uh, can be really exciting to see so um or maybe terrifying in moments too but you know we'll bring it all we'll bring it all back together well i'm i can't wait for your book to come out uh, out of bounds planets and if you guys want to check out more from tony go to astrologyuniversity.com it is chock full of amazing classes i know some of you are watching through tony's um portal here so but many of you will not be and it was just such um our honor and pleasure to get to introduce you and your school and your work to um any new astrologers out there if you guys didn't hear in the beginning he has a four-year certification program so if you are ready to take your astro obsession to a serious next level you know now just like in you know the renaissance days you can actually be accredited and at a university i love it right (laughs) (laughs) well we're not technically accredited but we are definitely because they won't accredit a a, a university of astrology right now in the united states they will though i think i think i think they will too yeah i I really do okay i'm sorry for misspeaking but in my mind it's an accreditation and so you can hang out galileo would say it is right that's right those totally people. yeah i mean we're definitely um you know we're it's a certification in that we you know we're um assigning homework and reading assignments and writing assignments and we're grading your homework and evaluating your progress over time so that by the time you graduate from our program we we we're gonna we really know your work and you're gonna feel confident reading charts and um and so when we give you our stamp of approval at the end it really is gonna mean something it might not mean something to harvard but it will mean something to us. Um, so, and to and you the, too. And the millions of people who are becoming more and more fascinated and, you know, maybe getting their chart on CoStar or another app and then going, okay, wait, I, I want to know more than this. So this yeah. is a great place to go and just, you know, I know, I know I could study this for the rest of my life and not learn everything there is to know. And so true. New, new schools of thought will likely emerge with these grand conjunctions. I think the grand conjunctions and air signs are going to be really good for astrology too. Totally. You know? So, well, cheers to that. Um, have an amazing 2020. And, um, you know, I hope I, I get to run into you at one of the conferences this year. So. Yeah, definitely. And thanks so much for having me. It's been just such such a pleasure speaking with you. And, uh, and I hope we run into each other soon. I do too. All right. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Bye for now.